Welcome back, everyone, to the Practicology Podcast. This is episode 112. Matthew, most of our listeners, whether they're working or in school, will notice that they have a day off at the end of this week and that the day off is called Good Friday. Because this is the Friday before Easter and those two days, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, in their origin are the bookends of what I think we could describe as the most significant weekend in history. And as outrageous as it sounds, it is true, this was actually a weekend that had been anticipated before the dawn of history, before time began. First Peter 1 and 20 describes the Lord Jesus as the lamb foreknown, foreordained before the foundation of the world. What a statement. Well, we can read these words in the Bible and sometimes just glaze right over them, but it is a tremendous statement that you've just read there. And, and the reason we're still talking about Jesus today is uh, obviously the impact that he has had on the world since then and in our own lives personally. And all of that is due to what Jesus accomplished in his death and resurrection that very first Easter weekend. Right. But of course, what we now know as Easter was not originally called by that name. To be honest, Easter isn't really a, a biblical term then in that sense. Although you do find the word in the King James Version of the Bible once in Acts 12. And actually both Tyndale and Luther translated the reference to Christ in 1 Corinthians 5 as our Easter lamb. That's very interesting. That's another story, an interesting story. But a more accurate translation of those occurrences of Easter would be Passover. And the gospel records all make crystal clear that the Lord Jesus was crucified during the Jews' religious festival of Passover, which was a festival to commemorate their redemption out of the slavery of Egypt by the blood of a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, and a moment ago, you cited 1 Peter 1, showing that God had foreordained Christ to be our sacrificial lamb. So that already showcases that God was in control in, in the crucifixion of Christ. But his arranging it to happen during Passover is, uh, I guess, another proof of that, right, Matthew? Yeah, I would say, uh, I'd say so on two levels, actually. You go ahead with one of those two levels and I'll choose the other one. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess one level would be that when the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Christ, they didn't. When, when the leaders wanted to kill Christ, they didn't. But when they didn't want to, which was Passover, when they didn't want to kill him, they did. Uh, that clearly shows God was in control. Yeah, it says, let's not do it during Passover because there will be a riot. And yet, as you say, that's exactly the time that they did it. God was overseeing this. Of course, the other reason that it's important to God that the Lord Jesus died during Passover is that he is the fulfillment of that Old Testament type. He's the ultimate Passover lamb. I've mentioned 1 Corinthians 5, Christ our Passover lamb. And 1 Peter 1, we've mentioned too, it speaks of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot, the one who accomplished our redemption. So he is the ultimate Passover lamb. So he's going to die at Passover and nothing the Jewish leaders had in their minds could stop that. Now, remember in that first Passover, Exodus chapter 12, they were to select the lamb on the 10th day and keep it till the 14th day of that month. So the calendar date of Jesus' death on the Jews' calendar was 14 Nisan, which in our calendar falls between late March and late April. Well, Matthew, do you have any uh, insight into the exact date it would have been on our calendar when, when Christ was crucified? Well, I don't think we can answer that with 100% certainty. There's a fair bit of data to piece together to come to a conclusion, but the gospel writers give us a big clue by telling us the Lord was crucified on the day of preparation of the Sabbath, the Sabbath being our Saturday. So we know that he was crucified on a Friday. And when you look at dates within the realm of possibility, based on all the historical info we have, it has to have been either 
April 7th of AD 30 or April 3rd of AD 33. Either way, the Friday of Easter is called Good Friday because Friday was the day that the Lord Jesus Christ died. And that's a good thing. That's, that's actually more than a good thing. It is a wonderful thing. It sure is. We know that. But worthwhile pointing out, I think, that the early followers of Jesus didn't initially know that. They did not initially think the death of Jesus was a good thing. They would not have called that Friday Good Friday. Yeah, that's right. They, I mean, it was very unexpected for them, despite um, or seeking to tell them that it was going to happen. And they thought on that Friday, they thought all hope was lost. But that did change when Easter Sunday came. Then they understood what we understand now, and we have made clear already that the death of the Lord Jesus was not the defeat of God's servant, but the fulfillment of his mission. And the Lord Jesus had said in John 17, uh, anticipating that finished work, I have completed, I have finished the work you gave me to do. Think of his triumphant cry in John 19, it is finished. And Acts 2, when Peter is preaching that this was according to the predetermined plan of God. And the episodes that we've just looked at in the, the Good News for You episodes where we looked at those words of 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and raised again the third day according to the scriptures. Uh, I remember quite a few years ago now, uh, I was working with another Christian engineer in an office and our, our boss came in, I think as uh, Easter weekend was coming close and uh, he asked us, you know, why is it called Good Friday? Why is it called Good Friday? When, when on that day, the Lord Jesus was tortured and he was shamed. So how can it be called Good Friday? But, but we are justified in, in calling it Good Friday for the reasons that you're saying, right? We are. We are, but, but I sense there's a but coming. But. I knew it. But I don't think it was called Good Friday just in the sense that we've been using the word good in my research, it's not crystal clear obvious when people started referring to the Friday before Easter as Good Friday, but there is a reference in the late 13th century text called the South English Legendary. Mike, maybe that's what you and Helen read for your bedtime stories together with each other. <laughs> we haven't yet, but it's on our, no, it's not on our reading list. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that text, you find it, you find the term Good Friday in its middle English form. The word good is spelt G-U-O-D-E. And it conveyed the idea of holy. That's not how we use the word good now anymore. So that's a, it's an obsolete sense. But just to support the idea that that's what that word was conveying, notice what Good Friday is called in Spanish, Viernes Santo, and in French, Vendredi Saint, both of those meaning Holy Friday. Hmm. Yeah, well, you're throwing us modern English speakers for a bit of a loop here, Matthew, but uh, it's certainly no disservice to Christian theology to think of the events of the cross as holy. In fact, um, I think it's a great way to think of it because I would say there are aspects of Christ's sufferings that are impenetrable for us. I mean, we can talk about it, we can try to explain it, but we cannot fully comprehend what it was like for, for Christ to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> and I think the darkness that covered the land for those final three hours of Christ's suffering testify to that too. It's like God is saying, there's things going on that you can't see, things that transcend your feeble human intellect. And I think about how that's pictured in an Old Testament record as well, when, when Abraham goes into the land of Moriah thinking he will sacrifice his only Isaac as a burnt offering. 
And remember, there's servants traveling with him. But it says there in Genesis 22, when Abraham saw the place, he said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. And so just as Abraham and Isaac walk on alone together, there were things that were known only to the father and the son, both in Genesis 22 and there at Golgotha 1900 years later. Yeah, and and this is perfectly reasonable. There is an otherness to God, a, a transcendence. So when we contemplate a transcendent God and his awesome work at the cross, it makes perfect sense that we don't fully understand it. But that's one of the reasons we worship God, because he's different from us. He's far, far greater than us. Exactly. And there is clearly a specially sacred aspect to Christ becoming our sin offering. And while we don't understand it all, we certainly appreciate it in wonder and in thankfulness that he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Mm, Yeah. So uh, are you doing anything special for Good Friday, Matthew? I doubt it, to be honest. Hope you're not offended. I'm not offended if you do do something special. I'm reminded of Romans 14. One person judges one day to be more important than another day. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. I do plan, Lord willing, to go to an Easter weekend Bible conference, but uh, we certainly don't have a scriptural pattern of commemorating Good Friday. What we do have when it comes to commemorating Christ's death is the first day of the week. Right. And I mean, you're obviously speaking of the Lord's Supper. In in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, Paul says there that you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. Yeah. As often as we eat this bread and take this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death. So we do that on Sunday, the first day of the week. We do it the first day of every week. It was the first day of the week that Christ rose from the dead. He said he would be raised the third day. So Friday, he's crucified. That's the first day. Saturday, second day, he keeps the Sabbath even in his death. And Sunday, the third day, he rose again. And it was also the first day of the week, a Sunday, that the church was born, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And the reality is the reason we know the events of Good Friday are good and special is because of Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the resurrection changes everything, vindicates the, the man that uh, the world condemned and staked to that cross. And we talked about... Um, recently, and in, in the GNFY episode number two, uh, Matthew, you talked about the change in the disciples that the resurrection produced. They they were despairing until they saw the risen Christ. The risen Christ changed everything for them. Listen. This is what the Lord of the Rings author J.R. Tolkien called a eucatastrophe. Euca signifying good. So this is like a good catastrophe. He uses that to to despair to speak of a a sudden turn of events that changes everything for the better, precisely when all seems lost. It seemed like a catastrophe. It becomes a catastrophe. That's what Resurrection Sunday did for the disciples. It turned the Friday behind them into a good Friday. Mm, Amen. And, And we thank God for the events of that special Passover weekend. We thank God for Good Friday. Thank God for Easter Sunday. They are inseparably united as a joint declaration to God's good news for all men and women everywhere. A verse that I think we've recited recently on the podcast, Romans 4 verse 25, that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses, referring to his death. Then it says, and raised for our justification, referring, of course, to his resurrection. And we hope that at Easter time and every other time, you appreciate the goodness and the holiness of Christ's death and resurrection. Amen. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a blessed Easter. Mm